I'm Matt Dixon, and welcome to the Purple Patch Podcast. The mission of Purple Patch is to empower and educate every human being to reach their athletic potential. Through the lens of athletic potential, you reach your human potential. The purpose of this podcast is to help time-starved people everywhere integrate sport into life. And welcome to the Purple Patch Podcast. As ever, your host, Matt Dixon. And today we start off with a story of John's life. John was born to a normal family in a normal town, living in a normal house. He went to a normal school and got a normal job, and he worked at his normal job and had normal hobbies and then slipped into normal retirement. He got a normal illness and he passed away at about a normal age. John was normal, and there's nothing wrong with that. But is this the life that you aspire to? If you listen to this show, it's doubtful. You likely have dreams, aspirations, goals. You want to improve. Well, if we come together and we embrace the fact that all of us, me, you, our team of listeners, as aspirational, we must acknowledge a simple fact. And that's that all the things that are meaningful to us, that build up the fabric of our life stories, our sources of pride and satisfaction, all in some way emerge through challenge and struggle. In fact, nothing worthwhile that we have accomplished so far or likely will achieve in the future came to us just delivered on a plate. And I want you to let that marinate because it's important for today's show. Why? Because right now, across athletes, leaders, employees, parents, there are a whole bunch of folk that are really struggling. You might feel overwhelmed right now. Over the last few months, I and the team at Purple Patch have observed and heard and spoken to many people who report feeling stressed in a state of reaction or apathy or wilting across so many areas, sport, work, life. Many of them just finding themselves on struggle street. And so with that in mind today, I want to explore a word, stress, because I want to enable you to have an empowering attitude and mindset towards the word so that you can build a toolkit that will not help you cope with times of strain or stressful situations, but enable you to leverage the situation for your own development and growth. And we're going to do this today through some storytelling. And of course, some supporting context. And so if you feel the tension of a return to the office or the commute, or if you're battling staying on track with your sporting goals or training while the kids' school and sporting activities are just coming back, roaring into the logistics of life, or perhaps right now you're leading a team where many of your employees or constituents are reporting high stress, feeling overwhelmed, if any of that resonates with you and then today's show is for you because over the show what I'm going to do is help you understand stress including the question as to whether stress in itself is bad is it something harmful because so many common perceptions dictate but in fact it's actually something quite different I'm also going to dig into a few case studies to display how a practical approach to stressful times can help build your capacity. A word will come back to a lot, and that capacity will enable growth and development. And finally, we're going to dig into an athlete's journey that you can leverage and utilize as the backbone for you to go and build you or your team's approach to enable development into a highly moldable, anti-fragile adaptation machine. Doesn't that sound inspirational? Well, I promise you it's going to be a lot of fun. And perhaps I might say this now, one of the more important episodes of the whole season. And so stay tuned. But before we dig into the meat and potatoes, I have got a few things to tell you from our new section. Now, this is still unnamed. And so I'll keep using my temporary name. What's going on? I really hope that it doesn't end up being called what's going on. But let's do it for now. What's going on? (laughs) 
Yes, guys, what's going on? A few things to tell you about. If you like today's show, number one, you do not want to miss this week's Purple Patch Block. It sort of fits snugly with this episode. It's a parallel piece to the show, and it's really a manual to today's word stress. In the blog, I go about discussing stress as a concept, some of the important research around how mindset can impact your stress response to stressful situations, and a couple of important case studies to help you build your strategies in management through times of challenge. Now, athletes are certainly going to find this helpful, but I must stress, I love the word now, I must stress that you don't need to be an athlete at all to really gain from this blog. It's written for parents, leaders, employees, practically anyone who might be feeling the strains of the times that we are living in. All you have to do is head to purplepatchfitness.com, go to the blog page, which is under the education tab, and it should be sparkling right there in front of your eyes. Triathletes and endurance athletes, please don't miss our bonus Monday episodes. We've put out a couple already. They are terrific. And the reason that we are doing this is is the time we are collectively returning to racing. In fact, this weekend, we marked more than 250 events participated in 2022 by Purple Patch athletes already. And the season's just got gone. So these uh, shows, these episodes are reruns. They're highly valuable as you emerge back to your race season. And we hear a lot of folks are really enjoying the shows. We've stripped out all the fluff straight to the meat and potatoes in those shows. So I think they're really enjoyable and little additions to the broader education that we're, of course, putting in these episodes like today. And while I'm on the topic of other Purple Patch stuff, the newsletter, if you do enjoy our education, I encourage you not to miss our newsletter. It's education-focused and it often provides a little bit of inside context and discussion around these episodes or some of the blogs. So I try and bring out some other useful insights for you. And anyone that's a performance chaser, if you want to call it that, it's a good idea to get on the list so that you can receive some of that education. You can just register at the website. And remember, there is no spam ever. Anything else? Well, we're talking about stress today. I have to mention, as I do later in the show, Dr. Aaliyah Crum. I'm going to put in a couple of links to some of her papers that are really, really important around mindset and stress. I think that you might want to dig into those. And I will add, as I talk about in the show, but I want to highlight it here as well. Dr. Crum was on a recent show with one of my faves, Dr. Andrew Huberman. You can find his episodes, very insightful stuff. He's a neuroscientist on the Huberman Lab podcast. And in that show, she discusses the power of mindset. And one of the topics that she digs into, not not exclusively, but one of the topics is stress. So you might want to dig into that. All right, what else is there while we're going on? The roundtable. Last week, myself and Scott Tyndall, the co-founder of Fuel In and world-class performance nutrition expert, led an exclusive roundtable for five athletes readying themselves for the upcoming Ironman World Championships, which for the first time is outside of Kona. It's in St. George. And the feedback to that event was super. We spent a long time going into a small group learning setting, and these are fantastic sessions and high value. At least I think they are. They're really fun for me, and of course the supporting expert. This time it was Scott. But I wanted to give you a heads up because we're planning more of these, and I wanted to let you know that we can do these custom for your group, your team, your friends. So all we need to know is what you would like to discuss. Typically, it's somewhere between three and six participants. They last about 90 minutes, and it's all anchored around a key focus topic or event or race. So if you'd like information, you'd like to request your own session, reach out to us directly, info at purplepatchfitness.com. Now, you might be listening today as a corporate C-level executive or a team lead, something of that note. So should I, I should also note at this time that while not on the website, I also sneakily am available to come and work with your own team and executive teams around any broad topic of performance. And so I think that today's show might resonate with many of those types of folks. And so if you'd like to explore Purple Patch helping your team and then reach out to the same email, info at purplepatchfitness.com, my team will connect me with you and we can build something up custom for your company. You certainly don't need to be any sort of athlete to benefit from much of the messaging that we talk about. All right, that is a lot. And so 
what we want to do now is we want to do Barry and my favorite parts. Yes, it is Word of the Week. We like the way he thinks, serious with a wink. Let's open the book, it's time to take a peek. It's the Dictionary Word of the Week. Yes, the Word of the Week this week is capacity. In today's show, we discuss stress. And without spoiling the education of the meat and potatoes of the show, I will let it leak that your optimal best outcome as a performance-focused human is to develop into a highly moldable and anti-fragile adaptation machine. No matter what your goal or focus is in life, from athlete to parent to CEO, your journey of progression is not going to be linear. It is going to include setbacks, challenge, adversity. In fact, it will no doubt include failure. The key is that when you face challenge or failure, they can elicit stress reactions. You can cower, you can hide, you can shrink, you can despair. Or what you want to do, in fact, is lean into the challenge. False adaptation. Enable yourself to leverage the situation so that you can grow to greater heights. But in order for you to be able to do this, you need capacity. You need to go on a journey. You want to build your capacity to maximize what we could label your adaptation energy. Now, this is all going to become apparent in today's show, but I want to bubble this up. I want you to realize one thing. Something that is unarguable. And that is the simple fact that in order for you to build your capacity, it requires commitment and habit building around the elements that build your performance readiness. Endurance training, everybody should move, exercise in a structured fashion. Strength and resistance training. Important yet simple habits in nutrition and hydration. And yes, enough sleep, rest, downtime so that you can recharge. And this is the route to build capacity to adapt. Now, we're going to have a follow-up show from today's main show on stress. And we're going to talk about some of the strategies and practices that can build your capacity. But today, let's just anchor around the word. Because most folks who are successful are adhering to this simple fact. They understand and value the concept. They have meaningful purpose and associated goals. There is a thread of accountability and support from like-minded others and often a mentor or coach. And they embrace this part of their life journey as fun. Yes, training, it can be fun, not a second job. And so in a nutshell, I want you to remember on the backbone of today's discussion, that those four pillars that we always talk about, endurance, strength, recovery, nutrition, the heartbeat of every smart program, certainly the heartbeat of a purple patch program, this is your capacity builder. So as you listen to today's show, I want you to think about our word of the week, capacity, and ask yourself, how are you building yours? Our word of the week, capacity. Okay, Barry, I want to do that. And before we get going, I know it's a long promo and intro today, but I need to do a shameless promo here. Now, a lot of the content and information I bring to you would not be possible without the support of our sponsor, Inside Tracker. But the interesting thing is the whole subject of today's show is about stress. And one of the elements that you get from a little bit of looking inside, having a real data build around your biometrics, is a deep understanding of elements such as the inflammation in your body and stress factors. I think we've all heard of cortisol. It can be really corrosive, and of course, it's as a result of an accumulation of too much stress. And so if you want to look inside, it's very, very simple. It's good advice, insight, so that you can apply some real rigor and focus to all of your habits around training, strength, recovery and rest and sleep, and and of course, nutrition and any supplements that might be beneficial. If you're interested, head to insidetracker.com slash purple patch and 
You can even add a magical code, Purple Patch Pro 20, that's Purple Patch 20, and you get a 20% off everything at the store. All right, guys, it is time to rock and roll. Let's get on with the show. It's a big one today. You can tell I'm excited. Yes, it is the meat and potatoes. Yes, it is the meat and potatoes. And look, you might find yourself in a place where you feel like work, life, perhaps your training, or all of the above is just overwhelming. Many folks are reporting the same feelings. And I quote, they're really stressed. So let me begin the meat and potatoes with a thought. There is no such thing as a stressful situation. Only stressful responses to any given situation. That's not my quote. It's actually derived from a perspective of the Vedics. But as you will find out today, there's actually a lot of truth and scientific research to back this perspective up. Let me state it another way. Your perspective is powerful and it can determine how your body reacts to challenges and demands. And I think this is a wonderful gateway into the meat and potatoes of this show. I want to talk about stress. And to launch us, I want to tell you a nice little story about one of the most successful Purple Patch professional athletes. His name is Tim Reed. Now, in 2016, Tim was in his third season with Purple Patch, and he was busy readying himself for the Ironman 70.3 World Championships. Now, that year, they were held in Maloolaba, Australia. You might not know where that lovely little beach town is, but I tell you, Tim did, because it was as close to a hometown race as he was ever going to experience as a professional athlete a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to compete at the world-class level in front of nearly all of his family and friends, let alone the thousands of roaring Aussies cheering their favourites home. And let me tell you, the Aussies, they love their sports. No, really, they love sports, probably more than any other nation. And over the last few years, Tim had developed as an athlete. He went from being the occasional podium chaser in races to a serious world-class contender. He knew, I knew, the triathlon world knew that he was the real deal. He was a contender for a podium and perhaps at a long shot, even a win at the world championships, a chance to become world champion. Tim's preparation had gone well. We'd dialed in his equipment, he had his fueling down, he'd progressed across all disciplines with his bike developing into a real weapon, always parallel to his already strong run. And the course and the terrain of Malulaba, well, it just suited his skill set. This was an opportunity. But Tim was nervous. He was undoubtedly and could be labelled as stressed. Just two weeks out of the event, he was saddled with serious performance anxiety. A situation that what might have looked like positive on paper just simply amplified his stress response. And I'm sure you felt similar in your own life. The what ifs. What if I don't do well in front of my family and friends? I've got the weight of Australia on my shoulders. It was an unbelievable and understandable burden. Over the next few days, Tim worked through his feelings and anxiety with a little help from myself and others. But what occurred was a shift in perspective. Instead of viewing this occasion as a negative, he began to view the race as really what it was. And what I labelled at the start, a once in a lifetime opportunity. Instead of viewing friends and family let alone the Aussie population, as the jury at a trial of his athletic self-worth, he realised that if positioned correctly, they could be the wind at his back. This one time, one time 
in his whole life that he would get to step up and compete at the world championships against the very best athletes in the world in a town really close to where he grew up, cheered on by his closest friends. Isn't that a special opportunity? Doesn't it sound fun? Liberated. His race plan from me, the coach, was simple. After a couple of minor global strategic instructions and a little bit of scenario planning, I boiled it down to pretty simple. Tim, you have great racecraft. You are equipped to make smart decisions. But whatever race decision you do make, don't look back. Go with it. But most importantly, don't let this occasion bypass you. This is once in a lifetime. Go have fun. At a world championship, with all of that pressure stacked on his shoulders, there wasn't going to be another world championship that year. And I say, go have fun. Yes. Because this event would only become stressful when perspective was applied to it. Liberation of expectation isn't low expectation. It's simply a pathway to enable Tim to actually focus, to buckle down, work hard and put all of his emotional energy into the actual doing the event itself. And then if he was lucky, seek that extra little high, that little percentage of his trained potential going into race day performance or lifted with the home crowd. So what happened? Well, many of you guys listening already know, but the race day unfolded and Tim had four to five major strategic decisions to make. And with a mixture of race craft expertise, of which I've seldom see athletes be as good at Tim at that, and a little bit of luck, every one of those decisions ended up being the right decision. And with one kilometer go on the run, he was shoulder to shoulder with the hot favorite for the overall race, a wonderful athlete, Sebastian Keenley. Now remember, friends, family, hometown crowd, pressure on the shoulders, or Winder is back. Tim was lifted by the crowd. He surged with 200 meters to go, and yes, he became the Ironman 70.3 world champion by a mere two-second margin. Brave, smart, and buoyed by a powerful perspective towards the situation that could so easily have become paralyzing. Now, you might not be in a world-class athlete or even chasing athletic performance whatsoever, but you can apply the lessons of this story. Stress. I'm sure that you might think of it as something bad, something corrosive, debilitating, harmful, something that we want to avoid or at least reduce. And you would hold the typical perspective if that's the lens you look through, because that is one that is hammered into us by most healthcare professionals, coaches, and medical advisors. Stress. How do we reduce it? Go and have your massage. There is a whole industry built around de-stressing and stress reduction and stress avoidance. Most of us are pursuing paths so that we can remove stress from our lives. And this is understandable because the truth of it is that stress is really complex and stressful situations are uncomfortable. And negative emotional and physiological results can emerge from the accumulation of too many unchecked stresses. Unlike Tim, I am a living example of what can happen by poorly managing stresses and demands of life. I severely overtrained as a young professional athlete, combining it all with very poor eating habits and sleeping habits, and I broke down. I became chronically fatigued. And my journey back to health was arduous, and it included the absolute very quick and swift end of my own professional triathlon career. So does that make my own story the simple highlight of a fact that we are powerless to the forces of that word stress? Are we correct to view stress as the enemy? Well, to answer that, it's important that we understand what stress is. Now, the origins of stress are actually used in physics. And what it ultimately refers to 
and I quote, is an interaction between a force and, here's the important part, the resistance to counter that force. That's pulled from physics. And the second part of that sentence is the important thing to remember. The resistance to counter that force. That's the essential part of the definition. Because that is the bridge that is going to enable you to start building a smarter relationship with the word. So let me build this out a little bit. Something that you find inherently stressful is just the associated symptoms to a situation. And that is your body's response that help you adapt to the demands being placed on it so that you can grow from that demand. Okay, let me say that again. Something isn't inherently stressful. It's the associated symptoms to a situation and it is your body's response so that you can adapt to the demands being placed on it and grow from that demand. In other words, and this is where I want you to realize a simple truth. You, yes, you, you are biologically what we might label an adaptation machine. And let me try and build this out in the most simple example possible. Let me just look through the lens of who I am, a coach. If I, as a coach, and leading you, what I do is I build out a training prescription. And what that does is it places a training demand onto you, the athlete. And that's going to, and Purple Patch athletes will tell you, it's going to cause you a lot of discomfort, a lot of challenge. And from that challenge, if it's a smart and appropriate stress, physiological adaptation should occur, muscle growth, fitness games, etc. And those in turn should facilitate performance improvements. So I'm using stress as a tool, placing it as a demand. It's going to create discomfort. So there's those, oh my God, this is really freaking hard. But from that discomfort, physiological adaptations occur. You get stronger, you get fitter, and therefore you get faster. Really basic, yeah. But what can we learn from a coach's approach to developing an athlete? Well, the good news is that while we extend it to broader life, we have to realize that the strain that you feel isn't bad. In fact, I will say that if you want to improve as an athlete or you want to improve in anything that you care about, the undeniable requirement is that we must apply a stressor. A stressor, a demand, is required to force adaptations to grow, to develop improvement. And so I build a training program for an athlete so that they can go on and mold and respond to the demands that I place on them. And those lead to physiological improvement. Okay, so that's great. That's a very simple example here. I should add at this point a couple of other important points. First, we should, should acknowledge that while the body is incredibly smart and this powerful machine, it's really quite startling how amazing it is. One thing it's not very good at is differentiating different sources of stress. So when we zoom out a level, we have to acknowledge that different sources of stresses accumulate on your system. The body's just not adept at differentiating. So if I lead you to the water. If you happen to have a really demanding work and family schedule and you are adding systemic stress to that busy time-starved life by maybe undersleeping or not giving yourself any downtime or perhaps not having a great approach to nutrition or hydration and that's the fabric of your life, you're absorbing a lot of different sources of stress. Maybe it includes lack of sleep, nutrition, demanding job, travel, whatever it might be. And then what a lot of people do is they dump on top of that an unsustainable training regime, another stress. Remember that specific stress. So the result is going to be so many amplified stresses that you might actually be ill-equipped to adapt. And as we're going to hear from our second story in a few moments, that can lead to some real challenge. And so 
I want you to remember that the body doesn't differentiate different stresses very well. Good. Second part, important point also, what is stressful to me could be very different to Bill, Jenny, and Sue. In other words, each of us responds differently to different types of stresses and demands that we face. What is stressful for you might be different to me. We've all got our own bucket of stress to live with, to adapt. Our recipe of stresses is individual. But trust me, we're all managing stuff here. We're all faced with challenge. It's not just hard for you. And it's really important to understand that because our response to the stresses that we face are actually related to how much we're invested in that situation, but also how many other stresses we are currently navigating. Ooh, start to join the dots, capacity, growth. How do I develop? How do I actually create more adaptation energy? All will be revealed. But with these two points, stress accumulates and it isn't differentiated. Each of us has a different bucket, a different recipe of stress. We respond differently to different situations but we are all dealing with it, let's unite these key points. And that's the fact that stress is a response that enables, in fact, is essential so that we grow and develop. Okay, that's number one. Number two, to make that happen, perspective is important. Our response is individual, so we've got to go on this journey alone. We can get support from others, but we've got to look after our own side of the street. And ultimately, our total load of stresses can come from a variety of sources. And so therefore, we can't look at life in mutually exclusive little different cupboards. Great. But as this is a performance podcast, I think it's important that I tell you another story. And this story is one that directly pertains to stress. And I want to tell you a story not about a high-performing elite athlete. I'm going to tell you a story about Dave. And Dave is going on a journey towards Ironman. It is an Ironman journey. Dave is a very busy executive. He is a father of two, one age six, one age eight. Well, he's the six-year-old sometimes, but they are both collectively lovely. He is very busy with work, family, coaches a little bit of soccer. He includes travel on it. And you know what Dave decided to do a few years ago? He decided to enter an Ironman and he did it with his buddy. Now, of course, as it happens with many folk, his competitive side took over. And that competitive drive drove him for his performance. But of course, he had to just beat Jimbo as well, didn't he? And you know what he did, Big Dave? He did what they all do. He charged into training like a bull. The classic quick ramp and a completely unsustainable training approach within the context of the life that I painted. And as he went on his training journey, something happened because it always does. And that was work and life getting in the way. In order to cram in training, sleep consistently compromised. And the outcome? After just a few weeks, he was overwhelmed. His energy, his mood, his focus all dropped. He didn't have great training. He wasn't thriving in work. He certainly wasn't, quote, present in life. And as race day grew closer, his performance anxiety grew. He didn't feel ready or confident. He had low energy. Truth is, he wasn't having fun. He couldn't wait for it to be over. Now, as a side note, when I see time-starved amateurs getting into this type of situation, which unfortunately is all too frequent, what I call fit and fatigued, but could equally label as being overwhelmed, I see one of two reactions. These reactions are really common. Number one, high frustration. I'm just going to barge through. This is pissing me off. Or apathy. They give up. So yeah, they either give up on the journey and themselves, I'll add, in a desperate attempt, I think, to try and reclaim energy and focus on the things that are non-negotiable in life, his work, his life, his family, etc. Or they simply rely on that animal toughness. I'm going to finish this thing. I'm going to barge through. 
And all it does is amplify the situation of a stress reaction. So what happened in this story of Dave? Well, you know, he got to the start line. He was still tired. And yet he went on to have a negative experience. And the day after the race, the declaration came. I am never doing that again. So is this the end of the story? Of course it isn't. Two months later, he was registered for another Ironman and he was seeking revenge. Big, bad Dave. This time, he decided to get the support and the help. So he came to the coach that works with time-starved athletes. That'd be me. So I simply asked him a question. Why do you want to do an Ironman? And we looked at his roadblocks as we started to talk about the journey towards Ironman. And we realized that he was always stressed at work. He navigated life in more of a coping mindset. If I can just cope with the schedule, I'm going to be okay. If I can just check the box of whatever magic plan you give me, Matt, I'm going to be okay. And training collapsed when life amplified. And that made him inconsistent and frustrated and bubbling up with anxiety. So I got the proverbial big, thick, black marker out, and I drew a big, thick, black line in front of him and said, stop. Dave, it's time to reframe your performance journey. Now, to his credit, and this is big credit, because Dave is ultimately a high performer, he's a CEO, and also on top of it, as is common, is really coachable. And I said, let's redefine our mission a little bit. Let's just shelve. Let's park Ironman. It's important. We're going to get there. But let's actually really focus on life performance. I think that what you need, Dave, is a reset. And you need a reset around the word of today's show, stress. Now, remember, all of us, as I've mentioned before, we are all biologically equipped to be adaptation machines. We can absorb stresses and we can react to respond and grow. So what Dave really needed, before we think about Ironman or marathons or anything else, is he really needed to build what I label his adaptation energy. Instead of just surviving and coping and doing everything that he could to reduce the stress that I have to deal with. I'm just so busy. I'm just so stressed. Instead of that mindset and surviving like that and then going ahead and on top of it all dumping massive goals on top of what is an already overstretched life, we needed to flip things up. We needed to build adaptation energy. He needed capacity. So how could he build the strategies and practices that would actually help him develop his capacity as a human being? Well, this is how we did it in short. Firstly, he went on a journey, but not a journey towards an Ironman start line. He actually deferred his entry and he shifted focus and he spent a whole year building his capacity. And he did that through consistent, sustainable exercise that was structured. And we call that training. He supported it with a commitment. And this is really hard, but a commitment around some really basic habits. He prioritized sleep. He fueled following workouts. He ate really well. And he built up consistency. And along the way, we started to talk and educate and build a toolkit so that he was equipped to navigate stressful situations across life, across work. We wanted to help him build a set of approaches for him to be able to take on stressful situation. And guess what happened? He improved. Now, he was still stretched at work. He's got a demanding job. He was still challenged. But the difference is he had capacity to actually manage that stress and adapt to it. He shifted his whole perspective on it. Instead of thinking about just another thing, he saw every challenge as an opportunity that would lead to his growth intellectually and practically, but also made sure that the job was really interesting. And as an outcome of that year, he started to join the dots 
And he realized that this approach was his actual best approach to training. So to get back to a smart approach to training, he actually went through life. And on top of it all, the virtuous circle is that he felt like he was empowered to now not just survive stress at work, but to leverage the demands, to put it into his favor. And so a year later, with a new perspective and an appreciation for the role of stresses in his growth, he then felt equipped and ready to take on his dream, a successful Ironman. Not anymore to beat Jimbo or prove anything to others, but to go on the journey for himself. And so with a greater reservoir of adaptation energy, a shift in his mindset and perspective, he built a sustainable and consistent performance program approach. And it delivered him to race day, really fit and fresh. But more than that, equipped to actually enjoy the day. And how was that day? It was freaking tough. It was hard, demanding. It stretched him further than he ever thought possible. But he emerged from it. And of course it was hard. It's an Iron Man, ladies and gentlemen. But he was successful. And when he crossed the line, he wasn't passing a test of survival, but instead he was joyously capping a journey of growth and development that according now to Dave, he says, can apply to any situation in work and life. They say that sport is a metaphor for life, but guess what? It really is. And on top of that, guess another thing. You don't need to be an athlete or train for an Ironman to experience what I'm talking about here. No matter your accumulated stresses, the principle of stress remains. You face a stressor from which you can and are able to respond and adapt, and that leads to growth, development, and improvement. The stark truth is that stress is the common thread of improvement in anything that you care about pursuing. And these symptoms that we associate with stressful situations, they can be helpful, if not critical to your performance. In fact, several studies display how, display how stress responses enhance our body's ability to handle stress and thrive in high demand situations. You can read more about that in the blog. In fact, there's a great story in the blog about how high stress equipped greater clarity, improved focus. Wow. That's pretty amazing. So where does that all leave us? Well, look, it's true. Stress is really complex. Stressful situations are seldom pleasant. They're not fun. But at the same time, they are the key ingredients for you to grow and develop and improve no matter what your quest is. And so I want you to come out of this episode, this show today, to realize that you are in control. Stress is not something that happens to you. It is your response to a demand and challenge. We are designed, equipped to adapt and respond. And that is really critical. If you're navigating increasing demands in your life right now, perhaps it is a return to the office or more travel, kids activities, sports bubbling up. I understand. I have empathy. It can feel really tough. And you might be trying to do this and manage this situation while seeking to maintain really positive habits around sleep, eating, and training. Each of us, as I said, is individual. We don't have our proverbial suite of challenges that accumulate, and they do provide adversity, heightened demands. You're not alone. If you feel the strain, it can be tough, but you're not alone. You're not unique. It's not something happening to you. And the good news is over the years, the many years as a performance coach, I have seen individuals, teams, athletes develop a very strong ability to navigate adversity and challenge and go on to achieve great personal feats. And so while the stories of professional athletes and Dave the Ironman might provide some insight and perhaps some inspiration, realize that success is by no means reserved for elite performance. Because each of us, yes, you, each of us, we're all equipped to develop anti-fragility. 
And that's the thing that enables us to grow and to improve. And it's not despite, but because of challenge and adversity. The busiest parent, time-starved leader, aspiring athlete, or quite frankly, anyone looking to improve, they do it because of stressful situations. And so your mindset and relationship around the word can have a seismic imprint on how you successfully not only manage, but thrive amidst that, amidst that challenge. If you approach stressful situations as debilitating and harmful with a sense of sorrow and despair, and then it's doubtless that your body's response will drive performance down. But if you shift, a simple shift, and you approach even the highest, most stressful situations as a challenge, something to lean into, to develop through, no matter how hard they are, then you are equipping yourself with the opportunity to thrive all within a challenging environment. Now, this positive relationship with stress, it doesn't make life easier. Life's not easy. It's hard. It doesn't make adversity disappear or shrink. This isn't about trying to remove stress from our life. But what it's looking to do is to provide a physiological robustness to help you emerge stronger. Remember that saying from prior episodes, emerge stronger. Now you know where it comes from. Now, I sit here today and I'm up on my pulpit spouting away, but I don't think you should just rely on my stories or thoughts. There's real peer-reviewed research that supports this. And one of the prime leaders in this field is Stanford psychologist, Dr. Elia Crum. She's done a lot of work around mindset and perspective, including applying different perspectives to stress. Now, I'm going to add some of her research to the show notes, and I encourage you to go and read it. You can also listen to on a recent episode of Dr. Huberman of Huberman Labs. And I really encourage you to go and listen to it. I'm also going to add that to the show notes because the research, the perspective, it all supports the claim today. And you know the funny thing? We all are inspired by elite athletes and high performers. But elite athletes, they intuitively embrace this concept. In fact, it's probably the primary reason that the most enduring successful athletes tend to chase personal excellence over simply outcomes. Look, they love winning. But what really gets them out of bed in the morning is embracing the challenge for them to become the very best they can be. And if we extend this to the workplace, and then a similar approach can be adopted to enable great performance there also. Reframe your stress as a challenge because it makes work more interesting. It's where the growth happens. You should listen to that again, shouldn't you? Reframe stress as a challenge because it's what makes the work interesting and it's where the growth happens. You can quickly see how draining and frustration a buildup of unmanaged stresses can be, but how we can flip that into an opportunity of growth just through how we approach it. Now, just because you leave today and you say, I'm ready to go, that doesn't convert you into a highly adaptable performance machine. It isn't easy. Yes, you have to first understand stress and you must build a performance mindset, as I call it, but then you have to put performance readiness into action by developing practices so that you can navigate stressful situations, whatever the situation. And that's really tough. It takes work. And the truth is that part of the discussion is for another episode, but it's really, really powerful. Now, I want to talk a little bit about leadership really briefly and coaches. Because there's an important point through all of this. When people, whether it's athletes or employees, when people are feeling, and I'll use the common word here, when people are feeling really stressed or overwhelmed, this is the point in which leaders need to bring perspective. Because when someone is immersed in a stressful situation, it's really, really difficult 
for them to remember their tools. How do they navigate? How do they manage? And in fact, that's something that coaches have to do all the time, every day. It's why coaches are coaches, because they help athletes get their head out of the room to actually come up a level, to gain a higher vantage point so that they can understand the broader perspective. And as a leader or a coach, if you can bring perspective and apply a shift in lens, that is going to help your athlete or your employee evolve, see things different and get onto the doing of how to emerge and go on. And I say that because we are constantly fed reminders, limit your stress. We're even sold tools, how to reduce stress so that we are able to cope. Well, this isn't performance. So instead, for you as an individual or you as a leader, I recommend that you strive towards setting up a set of practices that will serve as your performance toolkit so that you can navigate and thrive. And goodness me, doesn't that sound really different than coping? I want you to thrive no matter what is thrown at you. And if you can set up really consistent habits and practices around this, your adaptation energy will grow. You will be in a place that you can leverage stressors so that you can evolve. Again, you don't have to be an athlete to do this, but you do need to have a performance mindset. So that's kind of for another episode. And that's going to be coming really soon. How do we move to the applied side? But I will tell you that developing that personalized toolkit for individuals and teams is central to what we do. What sort of makes our heartbeat at Purple Patch, whether we're leading athletes or corporate teams? Because finally, guys, it's a simple fact. The best leaders, the best athletes, the best parents, the best employees, most of them are not the most gifted, the highest talent levels. They're not these freaks with other world intelligence or massive physical skill. They are all always highly moldable. They have developed a strength that can be labeled anti-fragile. They are almost universal in their appreciation that they don't like the feelings of stressful situations, but they believe and understand that these situations are the very, very times that open up the doorway to greater performance. High capacity, high functioning adaptation machines, and you can be the same. It's no secret. Anyone can adopt and apply. Anyone who cares about anything to improve, that wants to leverage stressors, all of us can do it. I label it a performance mindset. And the key is the practices to put that mindset into action. So guys, stress, your ingredient to development of a meaningful life. Remember how I started the show? I'm going to tell you a story about John's life. John was born to a normal family in a normal town in a normal house. And he went to a normal school and got a normal job. And he worked at his normal job and had normal hobbies, then slipped into normal retirement. John got a normal illness. And then he passed away at a normal age. He was normal. And there's nothing wrong with that. But is this the life that you aspire to? Don't be like John. See you next time. Take care.